Hey, this is Josh Todd from Bluff Sherry, and you're listening to Appetite for Distortion with Brando. You know where you are. Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 276. My name is Brando, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, or if you found us through uh, Q104.3.com, however you found us. Another episode you can watch on YouTube on our, uh, you know, as we do many Zoom episodes that has happened during the pandemic. I'm doing more of those because the last time I've had my guest on, Mr. Josh Todd, uh, was December 2019. A few short months, we had no idea what was going to happen in the world, what was going to happen. So that was, I was in a studio in New York City. We were talking on the phone, uh, I believe, Oh, oh, what was the, the war paint? We were talking about war paint. And I mean, here we are. So first of all, thank you for coming back. Good to see you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy uh, year and a half, honestly, to say the least, you know, and I know I know everybody's has their own uh, challenges that they've been dealing with through the whole quarantine. But um, you know what? We, we managed to make uh, an amazing record out of all that uh, craziness. And and now it's finally going to be hitting the streets here uh, June 25th. The Hellbound record's got to be one of our best. I know. I'm excited to, to hear all the Hellbound, Hellbound and to see you live. Because for those of us, uh, those of you watching this episode, I've invited a, an AFD show listener back on the program last time uh, Eric from Iowa was on was when we uh, interviewed uh, Ginger Wildheart. And that was a good time, but you just got yeah. to see, you got to experience some new Buck Sherry live, right? Eric, can you, can you tell us about that? Hey, Brandon. Hey, Josh. Yeah. I just What's saw up, you. Hey, what up, man? Saw you a couple of weeks ago down here at the Valair. It was such a great show. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Always a great show. I think I've seen you guys probably close to 20 times. And then uh, also got to see you during the pandemic when you did that uh, socially distanced show up there in Cedar Rapids. Yeah. That was, that was the, those were tough, you know, for us just because we hadn't, we hadn't been in our rhythm and then not to have everybody like smashed in there, you know, sweaty and ready for a BC show. It, it was, uh, it was challenging, but um, now we're here, we're getting through everything and the this, this shows are starting to feel like they used to feel. There've been so many changes, all the, uh, you know, adaptions we've had to make in our daily lives. And again, I was alluded to Josh, last time I spoke to you, I was in a studio in New York, you know, I have a giant board in front of me, but now I'm in my studio and I have like a air quote studio in my apartment in Queens. There right. may be some cats that, that walk behind me or step on buttons. So I will give you a, <laughs> give you a, a heads up and doing zoom. So, you know what I got to ask you, cause obviously, and thank you for your time. You do, you've done so many interviews over the years. Do you like these Zoom interviews? Like, do, do you, I mean, as a rock star, I mean, you always look good you know, with tattoos and everything. You always look, you know, you always look rocking, but not everybody wants to be seen all the time. Do you like doing these? 
Yeah. You know, I think the older I get, the, the less I like them because, you know, I, I have to look at myself and how much I've aged and, <laughs> and you know, that, that, that always bothers me. Um, but, uh, I do like the platform to be able to promote, uh, you know, our, our record and our grant, our band and, and the career. And, you know, so when I get into talking about that, I'm so passionate about it that, you know, I'm really grateful for the platform, you know, so, you know, nothing's ever going to be perfect, you know? So, um, I understand that going into it. Um, but like, like I said, I'm, I'm just grateful that, um, there's, there's a way to get the word out. Okay. Right on. And what makes it great is like, if you're watching this on YouTube, hopefully the, the next recommended video is going to be one of your videos that's on. So I got to watch cause it seems, or I got to talk about, cause I know there was in, in the first video so hot, it was the obvious homage to uh, ACDC, you know, with the logos, you know, making the, the B a lightning bolt C and everything. And yeah. then with the, with the new video that just came out, Hellbound, of course, the title track, it's just like, wow. If you close your eyes, you swear this is going to be like a, a Bon Scott era ACDC song. And yeah. so I, yeah. if I could talk to you, like what's by design, like the ACDC influence, because they've influenced everybody, but to you make it for you to make it so apparent and, and what seems like a love letter almost to ACDC uh, right. so far in, in the music, the new music. I mean, I think we've done that with a lot of songs in the past on Buck Cherry Records. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, we're not like, trying to be mysterious on our love for ACDC, you know, um, to me, uh, ACDC is the greatest hard rock band that ever lived and they're still putting out really great records and they're just a lot of fun, you know, like, um, when I first heard back in black, you know, when I was a teenager, you know, um, I just, I was just like, man, it was something that like you could dance to and you could rock to and, and, um, just really put together well. And, you know, simplicity is an art form and they, they really have this formula that they have stuck to and it always works. It's timeless. It's amazing. And, um, I love that, you know, actually the song that you're referring to is Hellbound, and it's the title track. And, um, that was one of the last songs we had written. We wrote about 28 songs for a 10 song record. And I kept bitching about it. I kept saying, where's my ACDC music? Where's my ACDC track? And finally they, they threw me the music to that song. And, um, you know, uh, that I, I loved it. As soon as I heard the music to the song, I was like, man, I got to hit this out of the park. And I was driving at the time when I heard the music and I just started kind of reminiscing about, uh, where it all began for me, you know, and, and what was that about? And so I wrote that song about the first show that I did at a house party in Orange County, California. That's what Hellbound's about. Okay. Wow. What, what can you tell us, I guess, about that, that house party? Any, like, is there anything that, that stands out, I guess, that we're not going to find out in the lyrics? I mean, as, a, as a young man, you know, I was, I was searching for uh, that passion, you know, what was going to define me and what was I going to be, uh, put all my effort into. And, and, um, that was it. Like I, I played that show. I remember the first song was, uh, rock and roll by Led Zeppelin. That was mm -hmm. the first song we, we opened up with and, and, uh, it was packed, right. Uh, we had, we had gotten a friend's older brother or sister. I can't remember to, uh, we, we pulled our money together. We bought a keg of beer. We charged three bucks at the door. 
the place was packed. And like I said, Led Zeppelin was the first song. And um, I just remember a shift in me. Like that was it. This is, it. this is all I want to do. It was like animal house in there. People were drunk and there was fights and it was nuts. You know, it was like, it was like a quintessential Buck Cherry show, honestly. And um, <laughs> I was about to say and, that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I just, that's when I knew like, that's what the song is about. We tore the place up, but we didn't tear it down. Everybody got a cut. So we, we all paid ourselves after and we tore the house down and um, it was uh, it was an amazing experience. And I was like, this is all I want to do. This is it. This is all I want to do. I don't want to do anything else. And I just started working my ass off from that point on. And look where it's gotten you. Like you're, you're and still look where doing. it's gotten me. I mean, Nine that- records, 22 years. I'm, I'm very grateful. And what I think, because I, I remember when I first started in radio, which I can't believe it's got to be like 15, 20 years at this point when you guys, it wasn't when you first broke, but it was when you really hit the mainstream with, with 15. And I, I really just fell in love. It was, I was doing radio in Cape Cod and I saw you guys in, in, in that area and just to see where you are now. And I think why you last, you, you know, you've been able to, to last and be successful is that for the same reasons, ACDC, very anthemic songs you know, rock anthems, which don't seem to exist anymore. Like we can always get behind an anthem, you know, that they don't exist. And I'm right. so glad you brought that up. They don't cool. exist. They haven't existed for a decade, you know, um, over a decade. It's, and that's why I think the rock, the rock genre is where it's at. I mean, it's, it's, it's tragic, you know? Um, and like you're saying, that's what I came up on. Like I, before I got to hard rock music, my whole, rock foundation was independent punk rock records. I grew up in Southern California. I listened to bands like seven seconds and the, and black flag and the toy dolls and GBH and all those bands. And so all these bands in order to get your attention, they weren't on major labels. They had to write Anthony rock songs that got your attention. You know, I can, and I can tell you what some of those songs were like Nelly, the elephant and, um, you know, six pack by black flag and songs like that. I mean, it was like, it was like, these are songs that we can remember. We would go to those shows, little, you know, Fender's ballroom in long beach, California. And, and I just remember going to those shows and, you know, we could, everybody was chanting the choruses of every song and that's how those guys built their followings. And so that's, that was what I was kind of conditioned to do, you know, and then, uh, you know, segueing into like, ACDC and Led Zeppelin and those type of records, you know, what I got into later in the cult and they were, they all had anthem anthemic uh, rock courses as well. So I think that was always going to be the catalyst of uh, a Buck Cherry record, you know, and, and uh, that's what we built our whole reputation on our live shows and everything. And same thing with guitar solos. I was happy yes. to see guitar solos come back. And, and with yeah. that, can you tell us, cause he's a former guest of the show, uh, Billy Rowe, from jet boy i love that he's in buck sherry now because he is just a seasoned veteran he's been around he's seen it all he's done it all can you tell uh tell me how he joined the band yeah uh stevie knew it was friendly with him and knew him and kept talking him up to me i didn't know i i never met him and um so he was kind of vouching for him and i'm like great and then you know the stars aligned and and we needed somebody and he was just the first guy and i said you know what let's just go to breakfast, you know? And so we went to breakfast, me, Stevie and Billy and had to sit down. And I just wanted to kind of get to know him as a person, a human being. Cause that's really at the end of the day, 
what matters the most when you're out on the road and you're in the bus for months and months and months and you're in close quarters, you want to, you want to really like the person you're next to. And, and, uh, we really liked him. He's a very easygoing guy. We come from, uh, the same generation. We like the same type of things. And, and he liked the band for all the right reasons. And, um, it was, it was a good fit, you know, and then, you know, he can play, he's a great player, (laughs) you know? And so, that was it. It didn't take uh, too much. And we, we just started uh, hunkering down and giving him all, all the songs we have. He had a lot of work to do because we have a, you know, a lot of, a lot of songs and um, he, he has fit in really nice. We've done, we've done a few shows now. I want to say we've done probably um, around 20 some odd shows with him and, and uh, he's uh, he's settling in very nicely. Very cool. Very cool. And if you go back to the anthem, because it's a number that it, we're obviously celebrating the, the album release that's coming out uh, June 25th, but you had some more anniversaries that just happened. An anthem that I guess, did you think Crazy Bitch would eventually be what, certified quadruple uh, quadruple platinum? It just reached, right? I mean, that's that was the yeah, anthem. Yeah. So, that, so that's like, that's an anthem. I, uh, sorry, I just, I believe just reached uh, certified double platinum for overall sales. Yes. I mean, yep. Does that blow you away or you're like, you know what? I, I wrote a really good song. It's good for, it's, it's nice to see it, you know, recognized. Like, how do you look at that? No, it blows me away. But I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, you, you labor over songwriting and I, I can't even tell you how many shitty songs I have written to get there, you know? Um, mm. So yeah, when that happens, it's like, it's like icing on the cake. I mean, that's what you dream about, you know, before that, you know, we had a, we had a, hit single with lit up and for the movies. And so, you know, we, we had had that moment way back then on the first record. So to have it again at a, even a higher level was like, Oh man, this is, this is incredible. You know? Um, and uh, very surprising with crazy bitch. Cause that was, a, that was a song we didn't really see coming, you know? So mm. um, to have it like take on a life of its own after all these years is, is pretty amazing. Is there hey Josh? Go ahead, Josh. Hey Josh, correct yep. me with correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Crazy Crazy Bitch was on 15? Didn't that come out in Japan before uh, before we got it over here? Uh, I, if it did, it was only like maybe a a week before okay. or something. You know, sometimes they release records a little earlier over there. Um, but yeah, the story behind that is we didn't we didn't have nobody would sign that record in the United States. So we got a small record deal in Japan. Mm-hmm. And that's how we pay, that's how we paid for the recording of that record, you know. And then, you know, the rest is history. You know, our manager at that point in time started an independent label called Eleven Seven just to put out the 15 record. And uh it's just really a crazy, amazing comeback story, you know. Um super grateful wow i mean and, and now because you're, you're is this is your first record uh with a new label now like who are you with now round hill music in the united states uh earache records in in europe and uh we're, we're doing sony over there in japan okay and then uh how did because we've had uh, damon johnson in the show before like how did that come about like who you're going out on tour with you know uh, damon johnson and uh, rubicon and uh, Scarlet Rebels. So how does uh, putting that group together? Because I mean, the co- concerts are back. So that's got to be a, kind of like a difficult challenge because everyone's chomping out uh, at the bit to go on the road. 
And you got to like, yeah. okay, come on, come with us, come with us guys. So how does that decision uh, made? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into decisions on packaging. Sometimes it's, um, it's relationships really, you know, uh, and what's going to be a good fit. And all those bands you mentioned were a really good fit, um, uh, for, for us and for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, uh, it's something that we talk to our, our team about uh, to always cultivate something, a package that's going to be, uh, a good bang for your buck. You know, that's what we want. And so that, that's the reason why it, uh, it all works. Cool. Uh, I, before we get back to the new record, obviously, if you can't tell by my my background and the name of the podcast and Eric's shirt, you know, we have a six degrees of GNR bacon the theme. And, and last time I know I asked you this question, I guess the, the more we, we did an interview talk about War Paint and new album, but you just you know, Josh, you're a professional. You see the clickbait articles that will just take the tiniest little sentence that you say and make it something else. So we we talked about like your time uh, at the beginning with the early stages of Velvet Revolver. So then all of right. a sudden, Ultimate Classic Rock is doing it, Blabbermouth. And I remember in the interview, you're like, I've told this story before, you know? Uh, so how does that, is that something that you've also come to expect, I guess, being a veteran, being around that, you know, no matter how thorough you are and uh, with your responses, what certain sites, because I try to, as an interviewer, I do my best to put you in the best light. I have no control over these online magazines. So I'm just curious of, you know, I hope nothing negative comes out of this one. That's all I can say. So I apologize in advance if it does. <laughs> right. I, I don't, I honestly don't even know what you're referring to. I don't pay attention to, Okay. I don't, I don't read press. I don't, um, I don't like look at comments. I, I just stay away from all that because it, you know, it, if you're seeking to be validated, then you're only going to want, uh, positive stuff and eventually you're going to read something negative it's going to piss you off and mm. none of it means anything at the end of the day uh bad press is good press any press is press i mean that's what gets people um to go check out your music and then they can make their own decision on if they want to become a fan or not you know that's that's really it so okay uh that that's the long and the short of it for me I, that's I think, honestly the best response because uh, if it wasn't for this job and me having to be aware of what's going on, I'm tired of social media. And you're right. If you're looking for validation and it's just, I just know doing this interview, uh, doing this podcast, and especially with the GNR people, you know, if you, if you make any hint of anything clickbaity, new music, or this person said something maybe critical of that person. And it's like, with, it's like the same thing with the news. It's not just in rock and roll. So I'm glad you have no idea what I'm talking about. It was nothing too negative, but I'm like, you know, if, if Slash and Josh were friends, I'm like, oh, no, it, 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 are these articles going to make it seem like Josh is bitter about Velvet Revolver things? So I, that's, I wanted to, like, apologize for that. I don't ever think of Velvet Revolver. My, my, my uh, experience with the whole GNR camp lasted one month, way before Velvet Revolver even happened. And it was such a short period of time in my life. I don't, I don't even think about it. So when people make a big deal out of this, when you were with the GNR camp and what was that all about? It was like, yeah, we got in a room. We tried to be a band for a second. It was a lot of fun. It was uh, really great musicians. We, we had a good time. We started writing a few songs. Maybe we wrote three songs. I can't even remember how many. 
we, I, I have to write a lot of songs to get into a rhythm with any kind of chemistry, band chemistry it takes a while and never, never spent any time really cultivating anything. And that was it. And then we just went our separate ways. I don't ever think about it mm. anymore, you know, and, and it obviously worked out for Velvet Revolver. They had uh, some success with their little run and, and now the GNR boys are back together and God bless them. You know, everybody's doing their thing. You did. It was a longer uh, tenure and another answer. You've given amazing answers. That's why I love talking to you, Josh. And I've been a fan of yours for so long. Uh, a longer tenure and going back to just pairing of bands when you go to, uh, well, you know, go on tour. Any fun experiences of when you did tour with uh, Axel and it was DG Ashbrook? I know you had worked with him. And maybe any fun yeah. tour, ex- any fun tour experiences during that uh, that time? You know, uh, I have always really loved Axel as a singer, as a frontman. Um, just really, really think he's a really talented guy, and never got to meet him. Right? Um, I've been around places where he was close by, and I didn't know about it, and never got to meet him. So yeah, so cut to. We did a handful of shows with them and still, you know, he's, he's kind of a, a mysterious guy. Uh, you know, he would always go on never on scheduled time. And like at that point we would always be in the bus, maybe traveling to the next location because we'd already left, you know? And so we never got an opportunity to link up. So cut to, uh, we do a show. I think it was one of the last shows we did with GNR and I'm in the bus, right? We're all on the bus after the show. And our tour manager goes, Hey, uh, Axel wants to say hello to you guys. He's got something for you. You guys can come in the venue. And I was like, what? <laughs> that, yes. You know? <laughs> so we, we get all our shit together. We go in the venue and just the, the most bizarre experience. We're in the hallway of like some arena. He comes out, he walks towards us. He's got a bag, just a plastic bag, right? Like from Best Buy. And he goes, how you guys doing? I just want to say, you know, uh, it was nice having you guys out. And he takes his bag out and he hands all of us an iPad. He gives each of us an iPad from Best Buy. And I just want to give you guys a gift and tell you how much we appreciate you having out. And I was just like, are you kidding me? This is amazing. I'm like, I was speechless. It was, it was the most, it was like one of the coolest gestures from a, one of your heroes, like that you've, that it's ever happened. It wasn't that we got an iPad. It was that fucking Axl Rose gave us a fucking iPad and like, mm. and we took a picture with him and that was it. He walked, he left and walked on stage. And I was <laughs> just like, man, that was like fucking amazing. You know? So there's been a handful of, of experiences of for me and my rock and roll career where I've met some of my heroes and it was a real, really a wonderful experience. And, and that was one of them. I love it. Axel, uh, Axel Winfrey, you get an iPad, you get an iPad. I love it. So cool. Awesome. He's such a class, class act, man. That was, that was amazing. To tie it back into in the, in the segue back into the record. What did you think of him fronting ACDC? Because when I listen to Hellbound, Fucking, the single, yeah. you, you sound like you could do it if if they if need be. Yeah, I cannot do it unless oh. they tuned tuned way down. <laughs> okay. uh, it, it's it's a it's a very vocally demanding gig. That's why when I saw Axel with his broken leg singing ACDC, like belting it, I was like, 
holy shit, man, this, he's killing it. You can tell like it was, it was like kind of a rock and roll fantasy come true for him. He looked like he was having the time of his life. He fucking killed it. I thought, um, I thought it was the perfect fit and nobody could do it better. Do you have a favorite ACDC song of all time, or is it easier to ask you what's your favorite ACDC song today? Like, how does that, you know, or record? What's an easier question? I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, can I, I mean, can I narrow it down but, to a song? Yeah. Uh, like I said, my, my whole foundation was punk rock records. So the first ACDC record I listened to was back in black. So I was like, this is fucking amazing. And then I got into all the bond records and all okay. that. But, um, so I think back in black is, is the best hard rock record ever written of all time. And so you shook me all night long was pretty much, uh, one of the, the anthems, anthems for me when I was a kid. And again, keeping with the anthem, and that's what Buckcherry is also about and, and why you've had longevity and success. Other than maybe Hellbound and So Hot, so those are the songs that are available now. What other anthems can we expect on this new record? What are you excited for us to hear and to God, sing they're, live they're, in concert? Like rock anthems on the record. There's a song called Gun that a lot of people really love. So I think you're going to really like that one. It's it's kind of got an Aerosmith feel to it. Um, uh, there's a song called five, four, three, two, one, which is the title track. I mean, not the title track, the first song on the record. Okay. Everybody loves that. And then there's a really aggressive song called here. I come that, um, I think people are going to really love. Have these you... are all the, ro these are all the rockers. You know, there's, there's lots of different flavors on the record. We got two really great mid tempo songs, wasting no more time and no more lies. We got an amazing ballad called The Way. Um, people are just going to really love it. You know what? So let me ask, uh, and Eric, if you have any questions, please you know, get them out. But I have another listener who just messaged uh, me. Those, so this is from a Back to the Sewers, a fellow Ninja Turtles fan on, uh, on Instagram. So from the snippets and singles from the new LP, it sounds like it's going to be your most versatile album. The style, vibe, and influence. So is that intentional to have all the you know, the variety on this Buck Cherry record. Absolutely. I mean, all of our, all of the rock records that we love had, um, you know, a lot of dynamics on the records. They had hard rockers, they had mid tempos, they had ballads. And, you know, historically with every Buck Cherry record, we've done the same thing. You know, it's not like we haven't done that in the past, but this one just really gels really nice. You know, it is, um, it's just special. What can I say? I mean, I, you know, I can't really describe uh, how good it is until you have an opportunity to hear it, but everybody who's heard it uh, feels the same way. And, and so I hope that continues. Amazing. Hey, Josh, Josh. Yep. Hey, how was that yeah. working with, uh, working with Marty and uh, recording that down in Nashville? Was that uh, pretty easy? You and Stevie, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was very easy because we have a history with Marty, and um, mm -hmm. we really respect him. And and as as a, a songwriter, producer, he's just um, he's really talented. So going into it, you know, we, we're bringing our A game. You know, like Stevie and I had really been working that songwriting muscle prior to getting in a room with Marty. We had written about twenty six songs. And we kept feeding Marty all the demos of all the songs we were writing and he would put in his two cents. And sometimes he would remix a demo that we had done and we had a lot of fun. So there was a lot of back and forth leading up to getting in a room with him. And we wrote for one week in Nashville with him. And in that one week, we wrote 
uh, six songs in five days, if you can believe that. And there wasn't a bad song in the batch. And five of those songs made the record, the Hellbound record. And so it, it was it was a lot of fun. It's awesome. Right on. Anything else you got for America? I want to make sure I, I give you the full radio experience while uh, you're here with, with Josh. <laughs> Ah, just looking forward to the record. Heard a bunch of the snippets. I heard that one, The Way, that you guys released today. Yeah, The that Way is amazing. Yeah. The, way is an, the Way is an epic. I can't wait for people to have that whole song. Thank you. Yeah. So Buck Cherry's uh, ninth studio album, Hellbound, comes out June 25th. Josh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I've been a fan. Obviously, we've both been fans for so long. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, holding that rock flag high because uh, we, we need it. We definitely need it. So I'm excited for the world to get back to normal. Buck Sherry to get back to air quote normal, whatever you want to call Buck Sherry's normal. But yes, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thanks to all the people that have come out to the shows that we just did and, and all the shows that are coming up and all the people that have already pre-ordered the record at uh, buckcherry.com and you can still do that. And, and here we are four days out or what, what is it? The 21st, 22nd. So three days out mm -hmm. and hellbound drops. So make sure and check it out. And we'll see you guys at the rock show. Amazing. Thank you so much, Josh. Thanks Thank Josh. You. All right. That was cool, man. That was a lot yeah, of fun. That was great. That was great. You know, uh, got, uh, got a lot of stories about Axel. I didn't think we'd get iPads. Like, yeah. who knew? Awesome. <laughs> That's yeah. so, it's not, it's so nice yet so strange. Yeah. You know, like he's Santa Claus. Here's some gifts. Now I'm going to go back to the North Pole, AKA right. the or whatever. And it hearing is. him talk about ACDC and Axel's time in ACDC, just, I was just like, keep talking, keep talking. These stories are amazing when he gets going. Right. And he's yeah. kind of humble because I, I wasn't blowing smoke when I was listening to no. my tracks. I'm like, yeah, I can hear him doing ACDC. Sure. So, so uh, it, it's very cool. I mean, obviously, we're glad that Brian's back in. I, I mean, even though I, I want Axel DC to at least give us, give us a live recording, something on tape. I just, I don't know, lightning in a bottle. You had to experience it or or not, I guess. I know. Yeah, he's, uh, I've met him, a, I've met Josh a few times and uh, I got to talk to him once and I, I think I told you that about, being in the Navy and I talked to him about it and he was like, Oh, you were in the Navy. I said, dude, I had all your CDs, man. We used to listen to those things underway. And he was like, Oh, that's, that's so cool. Were you on an aircraft carrier? He's just asking me stories about that. And I was like, wow, he really wants to talk to me too. But yeah, yeah. he's just a nice guy. Yeah. One of the best. You wouldn't like when you're younger, when I was younger, I didn't think so. I'm like, Oh, all tattooed. He seems yeah. unapproachable, like in the videos, but no, he's like every interview he does and just talking to him, you know, as long as you want to, you know, talk about new music and you're not asking him all about, you know, bullshit questions. So, right. <laughs> that's why it's so funny. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about with the, uh, the clickbait, which I, I'm, I'm glad yeah. he doesn't. I'm glad he doesn't. Yeah, I was, I was glad to hear that, too, that he, he didn't even pay attention. That wasn't even on his radar. Because I told you off the air, Eric, you know, doing yeah. these Guns N' Roses interviews and why it's hard, especially to get any current member. And uh, I think I, I said it with I had to say it with Adrian Smith of Iron Maiden that his after right. I interviewed him, like his people asked me to take. I mean, I already had done the, the, the interview. I would have sounded like an idiot. So that's why I'm being honest about it, like just to take out him not uh 
having a glowing recommend uh, a glowing memory of Axel and and that tour in the late 80s you know it was nothing even bad but they asked me to take it out because of what blabber like blabbermouth might do with it like a it's not a bad story b i have no control over it and and see what you're you're going to Guns N' Roses podcast. You're going to ask me to take out the only Guns N' Roses question. So I've just become super paranoid uh, more. So, you know, especially again with the Guns N' Roses stuff about just doing the best for my guests, not to get them into any trouble. And I'm like, ah, you know, I was actually because I was when I was talking about doing the interview today, you know, and I'm Googling the last time I interviewed Josh and I see you know, uh, articles from Blabbermouth and Ultimate Classic Rock and, and him maybe like Sla- uh, Josh doesn't know why Slash wasn't interested or, you know, however they phrase it. So I'm like, eh, I, I don't know. Did that piss Slash off? Did that piss Josh? Well, at least Josh did, had no had no idea what I was talking about. So I'm cool no, with him. No, so, he, he didn't. Yeah, it's didn't even a, register to him. Fascinating. It, it's fascinating. Yeah. The stories that brew up in my brain that don't exist. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's I how remember, i relate to axel Go yeah ahead. um oh man it was about 20 years ago i had read this burn magazine it was probably like 2002 one of those japanese burn magazines i had axel on the front the very back page of it was um keith and josh and there was an interview with it and keith and josh were asked 20 years ago how long do you guys plan to keep doing this and i remember them saying something like as long as there's an idiot out there to that will keep cutting us checks for the, to make these records. We'll keep doing them. And I remember reading that and thinking, man, I hope that's true because I really do dig this band. And that was before 15 had came out. So, you know, when I asked him about 15, I remember when they got dropped from the, uh, after that second album and they cut that 15 and it was released in Japan. I wanted to get a hold of that thing so bad before, you know, it was like he said, another year before we even got it here. I know. I remember when I used to make uh, mix CDs before yeah. 15 came out on CD, I had lit up, you know, on there. It was just one of the, so I always knew a Buck Cherry that when I finally yeah. got into radio, playing them on the radio, and then you would go out to do, uh, you know, radio appearances. And the big yeah. thing is, in, uh, at least in Cape Cod, were cover bands and everybody was covering crazy bitch. It's, it's right. the anthem of the summer. You know, in Cape Cod, it was uh, it, it was it was crazy. So I, I as as much as I'm sure you did not expect to be speaking to Josh Todd today after uh-huh. seeing him in concert a few <laughs> yeah, a few weeks right. ago. Yeah. You know, I was happy to, you know, once I get a guest on once, I don't know if I'm going to get him on again. So the fact that right. he came on again and we got to, you know, kind of see him a little bit, which is really cool. Um, it's just another experience, a, a blessing in disguise that's kind of happened because of the pandemic. You know, people just. Weird, like it, you've become more connected, you know, mm-hmm. in a, in a, and, in a uh, odd way. Yeah, like when I saw him, I mean, they didn't, they did not stop touring. People were giving them a bunch of crap for playing Sturgis during the middle of the pandemic, and you know, I was reading the comments, and uh, you know, and then they came around and they did that socially distanced show. We all went to it, a bunch of us, and like he said, it was hard. It's hard to see Buck Cherry when you're. 30 feet away from the stage and you're sitting in a pod with a mask on, but yeah, you know, they, they kept, they kept going. I will give them that. They did not, they found a way to do it. And I read in uh, another interview he did uh, that he has been wearing masks for a while. Like he would take these long flights and he would always get sick. And he's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm on these flights for like a half a day, you know, and yeah. it's recycled air. 
let me start yeah. wearing masks. And he's like, I, I don't get sick often anymore. So there's something to it. But yeah, yeah. You, you, if you want to wear a mask, fine. But yeah, he's had practice. But right. you can't see, yeah, you can't see. It's weird to see Buck Cherry in that atmosphere. But it was what it was. It was. Uh, but speaking of concerts, though, so what are you going to this year, Guns N' Roses wise? Um, we're starting it off. We're going to Fargo. We're going to drive up to see Fargo. Wow. And then a week later, like I told you, we we're going to fly to L.A., see the L.A. show and come back. We're going to hit up Milwaukee for Summerfest. Milwaukee. OK. Yeah. And then uh, I'm trying to work that St. Paul date in that I told you about that. And then uh, I was able to uh, convince her to go with me to uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale to the to the two shows at the Hard Rock. Oh, wait. So you're wow. So you're going to six, five, six? six. Yeah, I have tickets to five. I'm trying to get that nailed down that sixth one. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. So I got, I got some more talking to my fiance to do because we, we do have <laughs> it's the leftover from my New Jersey date rescheduled. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, no Smashing Pumpkins, but we get Wolfgang Van Halen. He'll be great. He will be. I'm very excited. Yeah. Uh, but I did buy uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania tickets. Right. That's going to be cool. That's on a Saturday. We're going to stay the night. We're going to go and we'll see. I I would love to go see more other shows. I was hoping I've spoken about in the podcast. I wanted to see them in Chicago, but that date changed. So it's just not working out. And we'll see But she's traveling all summer, including going to Mexico uh, to see Dave Matthews. So I don't know uh, if that's going to work out. Uh, you know, with her, maybe I'll have to, I'll have to maybe make some solo trips to some places. We'll see. There you go. That'd be awesome. We'll and, see. Uh, I know. It's going to be fun. I don't man. know what we'll get next next summer if they're out in Europe. I don't know if we'll get anything else. So, you know, and then. It's going to be interesting once they hit the road, because yeah. I've said when they hit the road and especially when this year ends and if there's no, not even a new single, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know what. I think you might as well just come out and say, we're just, uh, you know, we're not working on anything. We're just touring. Right. I, right. I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's strange. Cause you will get bands, you know, poison. Like we're not right. going to make new music. Just right. say it. Poison still sells tickets, you know, not right. GNR level tickets, but that's, I don't think that's deterred by the aspect of hearing new music. Right. You know, the, the prospect of it. So, yeah. but, but regardless, it's going to be fun. I expect you, Eric, to be one of our on-field reporters, you know, to give, you know, send some pictures and I'll send you, know, you some for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear the review on their first night back when you're to see them there at Hershey. That's going to be the one to see them hit this, hit that stage after 15, 16 months. You know, I, I didn't even realize that that's the first show back. Yeah. You know, <laughs> wow. I hosted Guns N' Roses podcast. I know everything. I didn't even realize that was the first show back. I, I the only thing that stuck out to me, which a, I'm now even more excited but was uh Wolfgang's mom, uh, you know, the actress uh, Valeria Bertinelli. Oh, okay. like, uh, she like tweeted, I'll be at that show. So I'm wondering if it's going to be something special, you know, uh, for him during that, that, that first show when he's out and about, we'll see. We'll see. It'll be, it'll be something to see for sure. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Eric, you know, thank you for, for doing this again. I want to, no, thanks know, for having me always brother. Of course, you know, you, and I, I, I'll say this to you. I say this uh, before the air. I tell this to all my listeners when you, you, you come on as a co-host. If I'm talking too much, just sh- tell me to shut up and get your questions in because I want you guys to be involved as much as possible. But, you know, you could tell um, it meant a lot to him that you, you, you saw him recently, yeah. you know. 
Yeah, I well, I know why I'm here. Not it's not about <laughs> nobody wants to listen to me. They want to listen to Josh Todd. <laughs> I know, same thing. They don't want to listen to me either. They want to listen right. to Josh. That's what it's about, and that's what Appetite for Distortion is, is about. It's talking to you know awesome people like Josh, hearing about you know new music, new projects, but obviously with the six degrees of GNR Bacon theme. Did not expect to get him to. That's going to be the headline. I don't think about Velvet Revolver. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> and right. it doesn't mean it negatively. It's just right. think about right. all he's done in his life. It's just it doesn't. Right. It, or it could be Axl Rose gifts Buck Cherry iPads. Who I, knows what it'll be? I'm hoping a lot of articles come out of this. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. You know, I'm, we got I'm, some good info out of him. I think so. so. Really fun. And uh, and also just looking legit. Looking forward to the new Buck Cherry record because we yeah, can I look, can't wait. We can keep talking about new music that's not Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah. One day, one day, maybe we'll do an appetite for discovery with new Guns yeah. N' Roses. We'll, we'll see. One, we'll one see. day it'll be our turn. We'll get some new music. Oh, I just said, <laughs> um, I, I just want before I die, either uh, new, well, I mean, yeah, before I die, uh, new Guns N' Roses music, because I don't want to make it too morbid. Uh, this year, new Guns N' Roses music or an Islander Stanley Cup. Yeah. And the Islanders just got lost uh, eight nothing yesterday. I saw that. So, uh, and then GNR doesn't say, I, I don't, uh, I think of it. Maybe, maybe I should wish for one of those before I die. Maybe. I think that's probably a more uh, appropriate timeline to see the, the new music from GNR and Islander Stanley Cup. Anyway, now I'm rambling. So I, think, that, I think we'll get a new song. We'll get a new song this summer. I think so. I hope so. All right. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. If you want to be just like Eric, you want to be a part of, you know, the podcast, Eric, he follows on Twitter at the AFD show. He saw me tweet about Josh Todd and he asked if he can be involved. And I said, yeah, he can be involved. So you could do the same thing. Facebook, Instagram, whenever you see me post, or if perhaps you have a suggestion and you help me book that guest, you can get involved. Yeah. Uh, and, and thanks to uh, back to the sewers on Instagram. You can do that. You can always uh, message me and I can ask your questions straight to the person that's how it works here on appetite for distortion so when will you see the next episode in the words of axel rose concerning chinese democracy you'll see it i don't know as soon as the word thanks to the lame-ass security i'm going home